The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Well, good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. Laura Baker is our guest. She's a local attorney with the law firm of John Day. Laura, good morning to you. Good morning. Great to have you with us on this beautiful fall day. It is a beautiful day. I'm glad to be here. A lot of folks started the day uh, out walking or doing a little jogging around. This is that time of year. It's just invigorating to get out. It is. It's a perfect weather. Very definitely. And pretty soon, uh, we're going to see some beautiful fall colors. Uh, we're already seeing some changes in the colors, but that brilliant bright orange and bright yellows has not quite developed yet. But I understand from some folks that it's right around the corner. You have a really interesting topic today. Uh, as I was talking with John Day the other day, and he was telling me about the topic, and it got a little scary there. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be talking, if you're a parent... Uh, I think it'll catch your attention, the legal realities of being a parent of a teenager. Ooh, that uh, is a pretty broad topic, especially when you think of driving an automobile, uh, having kids over to the house for parties, uh, a lot of, you know, taking a friend out of town with you so that your child has a, a friend with them. Uh all of those have uh, uh, some legal ramifications if something happened. Absolutely. I was just with a friend last night. We both have seven-year-olds, so we're not quite at the stage of dealing with the issues that arise once your child becomes a teenager. But I was telling her I was coming this morning to talk about this, and she said that's just such valuable information that parents don't get um, through the school system or unless and until a situation arises most of the time. Can you uh, become a corporation and have your child separate? (laughs) (laughs) I wish (laughs) sometimes. You know, that's one of the things about a corporation or LLC. That's sort of a way to protect you from uh, somebody suing you. But you can't do that with your children. Uh, You cannot. And um, I'll tell you one of the most common ways that it comes up for parents of teenagers is when they go to get their driver's license for the first time. Yes. Yes. Sends chills down your spine. Um, But when you go to take your child to get their driver's license for the first time, you will actually fill out an affidavit that um, that has you agree that you will be financially responsible for any harm that they cause or any negligence um, of your teenage driver when they are out on the road. You How would, many people don't even read that? I would, um, I would guess that, uh, that people, um, even if they do read it, it doesn't quite hit them what responsibility they're taking on. Um, and it is not, uh, it is in what we call imputed liability, meaning their negligence is your negligence. It doesn't matter if you were properly supervising them and, and an accident just happened. Their negligence is your negligence. Um, and you agree to that as a term of them getting their driver's license. And there's really no way around it. I've had some uh, parents ask me, 
well, can I put my vehicle in my child's name instead of my own name? Does that keep me from being financially responsible? No, it doesn't. Um, even if that car is titled in their name, you've signed that affidavit agreeing that you're essentially sponsoring them as a new driver. This is because they're a minor? Is that what it is? It is. It's because they're a minor child. And, and our community standard is that parents are responsible for their children. And so when we allow our children, our teenagers, um, to get behind the wheel, we're going to be responsible for them financially. Um, what is an adult? What is the official adult age? Well, officially, um, it's 18 years old, but that doesn't necessarily stop your responsibility of your 18-year-old um, driver. Some people's children turn 18 while they're still in high school and living in their home. Um, some people's 19-year-olds uh, are still living in their home, 20-year-olds still living in their home. Beyond the responsibility that you take on when you sign that affidavit, which I would argue ends at the age of 18 because they've reached the age of majority under our laws. We also have a doctrine under the law called the family purpose doctrine. And that's separate and apart from signing this financial responsibility affidavit. What the family purpose doctrine says is if you have your child living under your roof in your household and you provide them with a vehicle um, for the convenience of the family, it doesn't really matter if they're out you know, joy riding or having fun, but if it is part of the purpose of your family that your teenager living in your house um, is driving a car that you've provided to them, you're also responsible um, for any negligence that um, that they commit while they're driving the vehicle. So there's no age cutoff as long as they're living in the home, driving your car for family purpose, going to the grocery store, getting groceries. Having Whatever. fun. Yep. Yep. So they could be 40 years old living at home. <laughs> I mean, theoretically. Uh, theoretically, that would be a harder case, um, particularly if the vehicle wasn't in um, wasn't in your name and they're a 40 year old. That's sort of a different um, animal. But, but if it is in your name. If it is in your name, there's a couple different um, different ways that you may be responsible for it. Number one, just as an owner of the vehicle. Um, your uh, car insurance would most likely apply to cover any negligence of that 40-year-old who's still at home driver. Uh, we're, we're sort of laughing about that, but it happens. It can happen. So uh, th when we talk about the legal realities of parenting, we think of teenagers, but it doesn't, especially these days, it doesn't stop always at the teen years not necessarily it really depends on the circumstances but for sure when you're the parent of a teenager and you know teenagers are new drivers they're less experienced drivers they're more often involved in vehicle accidents that's why insurance rates are higher when you have a teenage driver in your household um, you're going to be responsible as their parent for any negligence while they're driving the vehicle now there's, it's not all bad news, right? We have the ability as parents to purchase car insurance in order to protect ourselves financially for any negligence of our child while they're driving the vehicle. So once, once we get that insurance, uh, does that 
affect our insurance also if their insurance is canceled? Does that reflect back on the parents and then the parents have a difficult time getting insurance? You know, that would absolutely be a question for someone who sells insurance. But I just as a driver myself, I know that any time that someone in your household has an accident or causes an accident, it can impact your ability to stay insured and impact the premiums for that insurance. Okay. We have a listener here who's uh, sent us a test asking uh, about some criminal acts uh, if their child is out drinking uh, or gets drugs or something of that sort and gets uh, in crossed with the law. Uh, what does that do with the parents? Well, um, you know, the first thing that comes to mind, of course, is if you have a child who is drinking and driving and, um, and causes an accident, the same rules are going to apply in terms of their negligence and causing that accident. Um, so, so you would be, as the parent, financially responsible, hopefully through insurance if you've purchased it, but if not, just out of your own um, pocket, financially responsible for any harm that is caused. Um, if it is a, another type of criminal act, you may not be criminally responsible. That would be a great question for a criminal lawyer, but I can tell you what you're probably going to be looking at is at least attorney's fees to hire um, a criminal defense attorney to um, assist your child in the criminal legal process. And uh, this, we've gotten the parents awake right now. Oh, parents awake uh, now. Here's one that says, we recently went to Florida and uh, our child wanted to drive some on the trip and we thought it was a good idea. Uh, and so we let them drive for about half of the trip on and off. Uh, was that a bad move? Fortunately, nothing happened. But uh, were we putting our family financially into a bad situation? Well, if you had car insurance to cover any liability for your teenage driver causing a wreck, then um, then no, I don't think you were putting yourself in a bad financial position. Um, I would make an argument that you were doing a fantastic job as a parent because the way that teenagers learn to drive best is by driving with their parents, gaining as much experience as possible behind the wheel under your guidance and supervision so that when they're out there without you sitting next to them in the car, they hear, look out for the light, look, you know, check your blind spot. They hear your voice in their head as they're driving and that can help reduce the risk of them being in an accident when you're not right there with them. Very good. What about uh, these other things that we are not with the parents, uh, the, the kids are not with us and they don't hear that voice or maybe they don't hear it as loudly uh, when somebody says, oh, come on, let's just let's do this. Come on. It's, you're nobody else. Uh, what happens then? Uh, well, I mean, behind the wheel, yeah. um, you, it's going to be up to What kind of cases your... have you seen without giving names or anything? Sure. Uh, I mean, I've, I've had cases with um, teenage drivers who are impaired and who cause single vehicle accidents. They don't even wreck into another vehicle. They wreck their own vehicle with a passenger and horribly injure the um, other teenager in the car as well as themselves because of a bad decision, just like you were suggesting. Uh, come on, let's just do this kind of decision. Um, and that does have a 
a financial consequence. Um, fortunately, the case I'm thinking of is, as we're talking, there was uh, the, the parent of the teenage driver had sufficient liability insurance. Um, and so they had protected themselves financially in that situation. We can't, we cannot control everything that our child does once they go out into the world and out of our house. What we can control is having the insurance that we need in case something bad happens. What we can control is taking the time to put our child into a driver education program and taking the time to let them drive on the family trip while you are sitting there um, and gain those hours behind the wheel. Uh, funny enough, I went up recently on a trip to Michigan to see a childhood friend of mine and her newly minted 16-year-old daughter who um, just got her driver's license. And I thought it was so interesting because in Michigan, children, in order to get their driver's license, they have to log, I can't remember, it was at least, you know, 50, maybe 100 hours behind the wheel. Um, and then their driver test, as described to me, sounded a lot more um, intense than the test that I took. And they have to take a separate test uh, to prove that they can park the vehicle correctly. My 16-year-old, um, my friend's 16-year-old daughter, unfortunately failed both the first time. Oh, no. That's how rigorous the test is, though. Well, that's good to know that, that they are working at it and, and making it a challenge. Well, absolutely. And just because we may not have that same standard here in Tennessee doesn't mean that we as parents cannot take on that standard ourselves and say, Look, if I'm going to be financially responsible, then you're going to log this many hours before I'll go sign that affidavit. If I'm going to be financially responsible, you're going to put this app on your cell phone that prevents you from typing or texting or making a call with it while you ha should have your hands on the wheel. I didn't know there was an app like that. There's so, an app for everything. <laughs> <laughs> so parents, there you know. If, if you did not know about that, an app that prevents the child from texting or talking with the hands-operated phone uh, while driving. So, yep. And I'm not sure that the one that goes through the speaker in the car the without the hands, that still is pretty distracting. It can be. It can be distracting. Um, I read a, an article recently, and I can't remember the exact statistic, but it was talking about distracted driving and how it can be just as destructive as drunk driving. Um, and that the average time that people are taking their eyes off the wheel to look at the phone while they're driving has gone up by a minute. I think it originally was a minute and several seconds. And now the average time that people look away when they're on the cell phone has increased to over two minutes at wow. a time. And just a few seconds can create a crash. I mean, and we were talking about people having a single vehicle accident where serious things happen. You listen to the news, whether it's this station, watch it on television, what have you. Look at how many single vehicle accidents happen. And you think, well, it wasn't raining. Uh, what was happening? Something caught their attention and, and they were probably distracted. Absolutely. Um, and if you have a passenger in your car when you're distracted, um, that's where, uh, you know, it's one thing to, to have a single vehicle accident and be responsible for your own medical bills. 
Um, but if you're in a single vehicle accident with the passenger, then you may also be responsible for their medical bills. So it's just good driving sense to pr protect yourself and teach your kids to protect themselves and their passengers from those types of accidents. So as a parent, you need to be thinking ahead. Uh, can you get a copy of that uh, test that they give in, in Michigan? And, oh, probably, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I like your idea about uh, even though you're not living in Michigan, you can sort of require your child to do the same things. If, if they're wanting you to sign, and I don't think the teenagers think about that. Oh, mom, why don't you sign it? Everybody's moms sign it. Uh, don't worry about it. Everything's good. It's just normal. Well, and I can understand. Again, I don't have a teenager yet, but I was a teenager, and I have I'm one of four kids. And I know that the day my brother was 16, my mom was ecstatic. I'm going to have another driver in the family to help, you know, take Laura to school, to yeah. high school. Well, um, yeah. So there's a certain amount of relief that having a teenage driver gives to a family um, but if you, the reality, right, that's our topic. The reality is that you're financially responsible, whether you want to be or not. And so it does make good sense to hold your child to your standard. Laura Baker is our guest this morning. She is an attorney with the law firm of John Day. We're going to pause for just a moment. We will be right back. This is MTSU President Sidney McPhee. You're listening to WGNS, your local connection to Blue Raider Athletics. WGNS AM, FM, online. At Middle Point Landfill, we strive to serve our neighbors. In Rutherford County, our community comes first. And at Middle Point, we're also mindful of how delicate our environment is. From the gently flowing water in the Stones River to the beautiful trees on the banks of J. Percy Priest Lake. We are proud to call Rutherford County home. We are Middle Point Landfill, and we are your neighbor. You can learn more about what we do by visiting middlepointlandfill.com. Hi, this is Peter Demas. One of the things that we've done years ago is we've been able to do our orders like our pastas and many other items that we used to be able to put them in large pans. And now we have a catering team that will even deliver it to your home. We can drop it off for you, set it up, or they can come in and pick it up. Look up our catering menu on www.demasrestaurants.com. This is Peter Demas at Demas's Restaurant, 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Here in Tennessee, most dogs and cats benefit from year-round flea and tick prevention. Here at Animal City, we are able to help. This is Amanda at Animal City, inviting your family to come do business with my family. Make sure to adventure through our small animal department downstairs. Your next furry friend may be waiting for you. Hedgehogs, guinea pigs, hamsters, and so many other friends. We're celebrating our 33rd anniversary. Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street, Murfreesboro. Mostly sunny skies here this afternoon. We'll see high in the low 80s. East winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy, alone near 55. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 57. 
Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. Don't throw away old flags. WGNS retires old glory with respect. Bring those tattered Bibles here too. We're more than talk. Welcome back. Brent Bogle is our winner of that uh, delicious banana pudding for his birthday from Slick Pig. And Aaron Richardson is our good neighbor of the day. Aaron receives flowers from Jenny Harrison and the family at Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts. Welcome back. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. You can text questions in on that one. 615-893-1450. Laura Baker, a local attorney, is with us this morning. We're talking about legal realities of being a parent of a teenager who's operating a vehicle. Really, uh, being a parent of a teenager, period. Uh, Criminal acts. When... A child is involved in a criminal act. Uh, let's look at that a little bit more. How is the parent brought in? Well, like I said before, um, for sure there's a, there may be some um, obligation as a parent, um, whether you want to or not, to provide a defense um, and hire a defense attorney. Um, you know, one other situation that can come up with teenagers, I mean, there's so many, um, but one other that I plan to talk about this morning was um, with homecoming and prom on the horizon. Oh, yes. Um, this school year, um, lots of parties may be occurring. And, you know, I've heard different schools of thought on introducing your teenager to alcohol. Um, some parents say, well, if my child's going to drink, I want them to do it in my home. <laughs> with me there to supervise and uh, make sure that they stay safe. Um, Under Tennessee law, it is illegal to provide minors with alcohol. Um, And in the context of high school parties, teenage parties, um, there can also be civil liability if you have teenagers in your house um, that are partying with alcohol or drugs. Normally in Tennessee, if if you came to my house as an adult and we had adult beverages and then you chose to drive away from my house and you caused a wreck, I will not be legally responsible for your drunk driving accident. I'm a social host. We don't have social host liability in Tennessee. That's your decision. Um, When you host teenagers in your house, though, and you um, allow or you stay willfully ignorant of um, drinking that's going on and any of those children leave your home and cause a wreck and hurt someone or even hurt themselves, you can be held responsible as a social host of a minor because it is illegal to provide minors um, with alcohol. Do parents always know that there's something going on? I mean, ignorance of, not ignorance of the law, but of what's happening. Well, and that's why I said willful ignorance. (laughs) Um, Even if it's um, negligent 
ignorance, you may have liability for anything that happens while teenagers are in your house drinking. Um, I said willful ignorance because some parents say, oh, yes, they're going to have the homecoming party in our field in the back of, you know, our barn. And um, they just try not to know (laughs) what's going on. But in their heart of hearts, they do. Here's a question sent in from a listener who says, uh, what about the kids who have alcohol in their cars and they go out to the car and have a drink not as a part of the party, but just do it because uh, they want to. You know, and every every fact is different. Every There can be variations on every single case, every single incident. Um, so I would say it depends. You know, it depends on whether or not the they firstly go hurt someone. Then if a lawsuit is filed, what are the signs that you knew that that was going on or condoned it in your household? Um, and whether or not the other, the, the injured party's attorney can put on proof that you knew or should have known it was going on while they were in your care. Okay. So these are things, uh, what about if it's a school party and these, these things happen on school grounds too? Sure. Um, and, and that's a possibility. I'm certain there would be some consequences with the school itself. Um, if, if anyone got hurt from drinking at a school party, um, on school grounds. Um, and again, I think the same degree of, did you know this was going on? Did the school know this was going on? Would all play into who was responsible for that financially? Um, you brought up school though, and it made me think about, uh, one other thing that I hear sometimes with these, you know, teenage drinking party kind of cases, um, is, oh yeah, we're going to host the homecoming party and we're going to supervise these children, um, or teenagers drinking because that's safer than what they might do, um, outside of our control. And maybe it is, um, but, um, having a policy of no drinking is also probably the safest course of action. Um, but I've heard, well, what if we got the, all the kids and their parents to sign a release? Get them to sign a waiver, just like you do when you go to a trampoline park or when you go to, you know, a, an amusement park um, or you go on a field trip. Um, in Tennessee, the law is that parents cannot waive their child's claim for personal injuries in advance. Oh, okay. um, you, you can't do that. So you can't solve this drinking, you know, drinking party problem with a signed waiver because you can't waive that claim for your child. So it doesn't matter where the party is, somebody's responsible, uh, whether it's at school, whether it's at a rented venue, uh, one of these event venues that are popular around town. Yeah, well, I mean, someone can be responsible. Obviously, the facts of every situation will make a difference as to whether or not you can hold a, a venue or a parent or a school or a business um, responsible for any harm that comes from that. Um, but I think when we talk about, um, teenagers and our own responsibility as parents, um, yes, absolutely. If we're hosting teenage parties in our home with alcohol, we are at risk. Number one, that someone gets hurt and nobody wants that to happen. Um, and then number two, that when somebody gets hurt, we're going to be the one on the hook 
um, for the harm that is caused. And depending on the degree of that harm, that can be tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, or in the millions of dollars. So these are things you need to think about. The best thing is to make sure your child knows what's right and wrong instill in them. And then we go back to when you're saying, if you're going to teach your child how to drive, the best time to do it is when you're in the car. Uh, Have them driving on a trip with you there. Uh, Let them know then drinking and driving don't mix. Absolutely. And also, I think setting a good example for your child behind the wheel. Um, When my daughter was born, I remember thinking to the extent I ever wanted to use um, a cell phone (laughs) while I was driving a vehicle, she's watching. Yeah, They're watching us at all times. So how we conduct ourselves um, is important to how our children later conduct themselves. So hosting parties, having your child attend a party as a guest, all of these things take on new ramifications in today's world. I don't think we thought about those, at least when I was growing up. And I'm, I, I'm fairly positive no, people didn't think about that when I was growing up either. Times were different, though. <laughs> they were very different. We so, didn't have cell phones. <laughs> well, but I don't think uh, we didn't have that many drugs. I don't think when I was, that may be different for you because uh, you're younger than I am. But uh, I don't remember that big of a problem with drugs. Well, actually, um, you mentioned that. And I uh, was listening to a podcast recently about fentanyl and how it is their heroin isn't a problem anymore. Now people are using fentanyl and how a lot of laws have passed or a lot of states, excuse me, have passed laws that if you're the person who gave somebody fentanyl and they die, you can be prosecuted for their murder. Um, And would that extend to your child? I mean, because a child, a teenager, who gets it in school from somebody who's pushing it, and they give it out in a party. Right. And like, and let me say this, this is criminal law, but it's, it's a reality for parents is that, um, and I don't even know if Tennessee's passed this law, it'd be a great question for a criminal lawyer, but everything um, your child does can potentially be um, a liability to you, whether it's criminal, civil, or just monetary. Um, you're their parent. You're responsible for them one way or the other. Um, but these laws that this podcast were, was talking about is that maybe they were aimed originally at drug dealers, but they've been used to prosecute somebody's friend who used fentanyl with their friend and their friend didn't make it and they are sitting in prison now for their friend's death what time frame do you have to file a case i mean that that should be something that the public should know also that's a really um great question because when we're talking about filing a case for a minor so anyone under the age of 18 Um, technically under the law, there's usually more time to file that case because they have not reached the age where they could file it themselves. 
So generally speaking, and there are exceptions to every rule, so if you have a specific case, you want to talk to an attorney about the specific facts to get advice on it. But generally speaking, a minor has until their 19th birthday to file their case. Um, when it comes to a minor's medical expenses, that deadline is most likely going to be shorter if the parent is the person financially responsible for those medical expenses. It's probably going to be, for an injury case, one year. Um, but otherwise, um, when you have a minor, you have a lot more time to file the case. Do you want to take that more time? It probably depends on the case and the medical bills and whether you need to uh, secure a compensation for your child sooner or whether it makes sense to wait and see all the consequences of a particular incident before you file a lawsuit. And with today's ability of of scientists being able to do uh, studies on what caused the accident that is impacting your child's health. Uh, looks like some of these things could be discovered or might not have been noticed earlier and would they might be in their 20s and still having some of the medical problems from the from the accident. Sure, and, and when you bring a, a claim in Tennessee um, for personal injury, you, your claim can include things that are likely to happen in the future. So even if you don't know yet that, or you're not for sure going to have the surgery tomorrow, but you're likely to have it in the next five years, your claim can include the cost of that surgery that you're likely to have five years later. Um, because then you can have finality to your case without having to wait the five years. So if a person, uh, and, and this is brought up by a listener who's asking this, uh, with today's uh, insurance companies wanting for you to sign off and they would pay for the uh, completion of the claim and it's over, is it over if it is involving a teenager? Uh, that is also a great question. Um, I would uh, I would say that unless the resolution of that claim has been approved by a court, um, that it is does not prevent the teenager necessarily from bringing a claim later down the road. Um, children can't enter into contracts. That's why you can't sign a waiver for them for a school. I mean, you can sign the waiver for a school field trip. It doesn't mean that it's going to actually waive a claim. Um, the same goes for signing releases with insurance companies for settlements. If that, if you're, contracting for your child but they're a child it's probably not going to be binding on the child um unless you go in front of a court and have it court approved okay so uh it's you need to be careful on yes. all of these things absolutely our phone number by the way is 615-893-1450 we're going to pause and be back in just a moment our final break so if you have a question Get it to us quickly, or you will be left out in the cold. We're News Radio WG. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank. 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. 
Hi, this is Tina Fox at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Please come and see us for all your garden needs. We have everything you need to help that garden grow. And we also have what you need for landscaping and your lawns. We have black and brown mulch in bulk. Please come see us. And as always, don't forget us for all your gifts, clothing, and pet needs. This is Tina Fox. Your co-op farm and home center is located at 985 Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off of South Church. When it comes to your home, memories and sentimental value are priceless. Fair Construction can remodel your home or can update your kitchen, bath, or other rooms. I'm Ron Hall. If you can dream it, Fair Construction can turn it into reality. Call Fair Construction at 615-893-6120. That's Fair Construction. I'm Ron Hall. Shop local. Let our family business help you. Fair Construction Company. Mostly sunny skies here this afternoon. We'll see high in the low 80s. East winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy, alone near 55. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 57. We're loud. We're proud. We're blue. WGNS AM and FM, your home for the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. Welcome back. We're talking about uh, parenting today. We're talking about legal realities of being a parent of a teenager, especially operating a vehicle, uh, going to parties, hosting parties, things of that sort. Here's an interesting twist. Uh, This one says, my daughter is 16, and she was in the grocery store recently, and there was a a mop bucket left out uh, after an employee had recently mopped the floor. She fell on it and uh, hurt her knee, no broken bones or anything, but uh, she's having a hard time walking now, and the physicians have said she has a rare problem called regional pain syndrome. I'm not familiar with that one. Have you heard of that before? I have complex regional pain syndrome. Um, yeah, it's a it's a horrible um, condition, um, and if the question is, does my 16-year-old have a potential claim? Yes, I would encourage you to, you know, call a lawyer, have them look at the facts um, and see whether or not it is something um, that could turn into a claim to get some compensation. I know that's an awful condition, and um, I would imagine particularly awful if you're that young. So this is a problem that's going to last for a while? Uh, I always defer to doctors on questions like that, but it certainly um, is something that doesn't go away overnight as far as any clients that I've ever had. Um, oh, okay. That have so had you've that had issue. that before? Yes. Not not personally, but okay. yes. No, I mean, I've you've had, had clients. clients who've had it. Okay. Uh, so is, is there a time frame in which they have to file their uh, case? Well, that goes back to um, what I said earlier, which is, you know, depending on the facts of each case, that time frame can be different. Generally, for a personal injury claim for a minor, um, you they have till their 19th birthday, but there's good reason to look at whether or not you want to file that sooner, including um, the medical. If you're the parent and you're financially responsible for the medical bills, the claim insofar as those medical bills are concerned typically needs to be filed um, 
within the one year period from the date of the incident. Okay, so this um, is pretty I'll serious. Say the, the safest course of action is to right. file it within one year of the date of the incident. And so this this is something that could last for a while, and create some pretty significant uh, financial uh, needs. I would imagine. Certainly, it could. Yes. All righty. 615-893-1450 is our number. 615-893-1450. We're talking about uh, issues of being a parent. Uh, also, uh, that's, that's not really in line of what we're talking about, but it sort of is. It's part of being a parent. Well, it's part of being a parent is knowing what your child's legal rights are, too. Not just, um, you know, trying to defend them from... Um, bad situations, but also being proactive. Um, so, of course, I can't give advice about specific cases on a radio sure, show, sure. but um, but part of being a parent is when something like that happens, there is absolutely no harm in cause, calling a lawyer um, and getting advice and finding out whether or not there that is something that um, that is a legal case. Okay, and uh, which uh, brings us around to another question here, and this person is asking about uh, having a pool party. Uh, They have an indoor pool, and they're wanting to have some kids over. Uh, What are some issues that could come out of that that they need to maybe protect themselves from? That's a a good question. Um, Firstly, I would hope anybody that has a pool at their home has insurance that covers any kind of injuries or incidents. Um, that involve the pool. Um, here in Rutherford County, we have um, standards for having pool alarms and um, and gates or fencing around the pool. That's not true of every single county in the state of Tennessee. Um, in terms of, um, you know, I don't know the age of the children, but um, having supervision around the pool, um, depending on the age, is always a good idea and a way to protect from any kind of incidents with young children you hear horror stories all the time um, about um, drownings and other injuries Um, and so having somebody a designated kind of pool monitor and passing that responsibility to the next person um, I've even seen you can buy you know a a, something that you hold or something you put around your neck that makes you the designated monitor. And while you're wearing it, you're the monitor. And then you hand it to the next person when it's their turn to be the monitor. Mm -hmm. And that prevents any kind of confusion about whose responsibility is it right now to be watching the kids. I know it when I go on vacation with my siblings and their children um, that we always tried to coordinate with one another so that at all times, somebody's the point person (laughs) for making sure that all children are accounted for. Our guest this morning, if you just tuned in, local attorney Laura Baker with the John Day Law Firm, and uh, she's here to help us. We're talking about the legal realities of being a parent of teenagers, those who are driving vehicles, if you have a party, host a party, or have, I guess, anything to do with the party. Uh, Are you tied into the party if you're hosting it and it's at a public location, like a venue or a restaurant or something of that sort. 
you could be. Yes, absolutely. Um, if you're if you've at a public venue and you've got teenagers, firstly, they're probably not going to allow you to have kids drinking there. Um, but if you're um, aware of or facilitating um, children drinking, anytime you know something like that, you potentially can have responsibility. Um, and again, I don't think willful ignorance of, of things like that is going to be a, a good defense. Here's a person who says, my parents have a farm uh, and I have children who are teenagers and the teenagers love going to their grandparents' farm, looking around, playing, and they go there on the weekends on a pretty regular basis. They take their friends with them too. And in Rutherford County, there are a lot of caves as well as sinkholes. These are just calling out to the teenagers. Uh, what kind of a liability is presented there? Because I guess what they're saying is the grandparents don't have a clue that the kid is out there looking at a cave. <laughs> yeah, um, that uh, I know that we have lots of caves here in Middle Tennessee and sinkholes. And, um, and I think that, again, that goes back to the, the concept. The overall concept here is what do you know or what should you know? Um, and that's where your duty arises under the law in any circumstances is what is what is foreseeable? What do I know? What can I foresee um, reasonably? And that's what typically under the law sparks a duty of care. Um, so without getting too specific into that fact pattern, if you know there's something dangerous on your property, then and you can foresee <laughs> that there may be an injury, then that's where you have to look at whether or not there's something you as a property owner should reasonably do to protect from that injury. Same as a grocery store with a mop bucket. If you know or should have known, or you know or you should know that somebody could potentially get injured because a piece of equipment is left out um, and is a tripping hazard, that's where you have a duty of care to do what is reasonable to protect from that injury. So whether you're blocking off the dangerous condition, you're warning people about it, um, you're, you're fixing it or removing it, um, I can think of a number of ways to handle that situation or any. I, I handle a lot of what we call premises liability cases and um, if you just kind of take yourself into the common sense world and think about, well, if I were the property owner, what would I do to keep people from getting injured on um, this hidden hole in the ground? But I know it's there. Sure. It's back to what you had said uh, that you have done when you're with a group of teenagers. Uh, you divide up the responsibilities. You're watching the pool at certain time. Then the responsibility goes to this it shows that you've made an effort. That's right. And the law requires you to, to act reasonably, not perfectly. Um, so anytime that there's a potential danger, you have to act as a reasonable person would do and in the face of that potential danger. And we're down to about a minute left in our program. What advice would you have if a parent is listening right now? And in the next 24, 48 hours, something happens in their life that's pretty similar to what we've been talking about today. What advice would you give to them? 
I'll say perspective advice, you should check your insurance policies and make sure that you have adequate um, liability coverage, uninsured motorist coverage on your auto policy and on your homeowner's policy. That's where you also will have liability coverage um, for incidents that happen that surround your home or um, involve other general acts of negligence. Um, and then if an incident should happen, whether it's your child that's hurt or another child that's hurt and you think that you may have liability, that's, uh, I would highly recommend that you contact a lawyer and get advice, whichever side of that coin you find yourself on. Laura Baker has been our guest. She is an attorney with the law firm of John Day. Laura, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me.